Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Kicking Cancer Podcast. My name is Brooke Brown. I'm Marcus. And we are so excited that you've joined us. You know, we want to walk with you through the season in our life where we walked through cancer. And, you know, that season really shaped us. It shaped our walk with the Lord. It shaped our family. And we want to just encourage you and equip you as you walk through different seasons in your life. So thanks for joining us. We're glad you're here. Thanks. We're going to have fun together. We Let's are. Go. This one is going to be a great one today. I think this is this one is going to be one that you're going to put into practice. Yes, this one. Uh, this is where we battled. This is where we were. It, this is what helped us to walk through this season with victory. Yep. Some some of these episodes are things you need to know, perspective you need to have, more practical. Yeah. Yeah. This you got to do this one. Yep. This and so we're going to talk about worshiping in your pain. So, so many people are like, once I get out of pain and I feel like worshiping, I'm going to worship. But we're talking about the power of worshiping when your body doesn't feel like it, your emotions don't feel like That's it, right. the anointing that comes on your life when you worship in the pain. Yeah, we don't go by how we feel, do we? No. no. <laughs> I, I would tell you this, you exemplified this so, uh, so precious. I know like when, when you were young, you sang, and your dad got saved. I, I was just, when you were just talking about that, that story came in my head. Did it really? Came in Worship my head. Worship has always been such a precious thing to me uh, because when I was just in elementary school, um, my mom had a, had a best friend that had invited her to church. And mom took my, my uh, brother and I, and we went, we started attending this church, and we loved it. We felt God's presence. We were learning and growing. And w- my dad, he, he wasn't attending with us at that time. Mm-hmm. And I got a solo for Christmas. I was chosen to sing a solo, and I invited my dad to come to church and hear me sing. And my dad came, and he later said that he had never felt the presence of God in that way. And so the next weekend or so, it may have been two weeks after, my mom had packed my brother and I up and had gone to see her family, which was a little over an hour away. And he called my mom that weekend and said, if you'll bring the kids home, I'll go to church with you this Sunday. And so needless to say, mom packed us up and got (laughs) us home. And we all attended church as a family that Sunday. And my dad committed his life to the Lord. And I'm not talking, he wasn't a little bit saved. Radical. Jesus revolutionized his character, the his habits, his thoughts. Jesus took over and my dad was forever changed. I can't even re- imagine your dad. I don't that, remember. Like yeah, I was I so, I think I was six. I mean, I don't, I, my brother's older and so he has some <laughs> memory, but I, I only know the dad that loved the Lord, read, got up every morning. I saw his Bible open, highlighted, and uh, and walked with the Lord daily. And then you got a choir scholarship, but when we met, it was uh, you were just a worshiper. You loved worshiping. I loved and it. I picked up on a phrase that your parents would tell you when you would go get to go on stage. They would say, sing for Jesus. Yeah. And I always would watch you worshiping up there, and I'm like, she is not singing to us. You know, you are singing to Jesus. And yeah. so I've I've said that hundreds of times it's in our marriage. It's what we were created to do, and yeah. we're going to do it for all eternity. So. And you're going to do it in the pain. And yeah. I will tell you, like, during this time of being diagnosed with cancer and 
walking through the treatments and the surgery and the chemo and everything, watching how powerful worship was during this season. Yeah. And a lot of people let it go. Maybe there there's bitterness or there's depression a little bit or anxiousness, whatever it's soul or whatever it is, spirit, soul, body, whatever's going on. I'm going to tell you there's power in it. Yeah. And this is the secret sauce of getting through uh, this season of your life. That's good. A, a third of the ministry of Jesus was healthcare. That's right. Yeah. And some of the people that were in healthcare issues would come to Jesus and worship. Yeah. And they, I, he would do miraculous things. I think about the lady in the temple who was hunched over because probably her, her back was twisted up with arthritis. Yeah. She couldn't. I think about, we're going to talk about the leper in a little bit, but there is so much power. Tell the story of when Jess came to the house and you lost your hair. Oh, my goodness. So uh, early on, um, you know, the treatments don't don't begin doing their thing quite, you know, right at the beginning. And so I had done this cute little pex, p- pixie cut. You remember the pixie cuts? Oh, yeah. So I had this pixie cut for my hairdresser, and it was a sweet, we had worship going. It was a sweet, sweet time of cutting my hair. And then um, as time went on, I began to wake up, and my pillow would be doused with stray hairs, um, my uh, shower, in the shower, you know, you'd start to see chunks. My my oldest, our oldest, she is such a sweet and tender and thoughtful child. She would, uh, if I were out in public or something, she'd kind of dust my shoulder and said, oh, mom, you have a little, you have a little dog hair on you. And she'd wink. <laughs> <laughs> But she was trying to be so sweet, you know, as to tell me, hey, you know, you got to look. But, uh, yeah, the treatments began to do, to do their thing, and uh, we knew it was time to buzz it all off. And, you know, you think it's just hair, but it's a big deal. That was an emotional it moment. It was incredible. And you knew emotional. it that day. Like, you woke up. I remember the morning. You woke up, and you were like, all right, it's, it's, it's time. To, it's time. It's today. time. It's now. Yep. And you called your friend Jessica. Called my friend Jessica, and she immediately shows up. I think you had clippers, or did she bring some over? I think she brought them over. And uh, we we set up this altar, this place of worship on our back porch. Mm-hmm. We had a chair, and we had music playing, and it was it was I. It sounds kind of silly, but it was a holy moment because it was. As she began to shave my head. And you were there, and I was there. We sang. I think I lifted my hands, and just tears flowed just because I know why we're doing this. I know the fight. You know, we're kind of at the beginning of this battle, but we worshiped, and it was such a sweet and sacred moment right there in the backyard and just shaving all my hair off. Sweet, sweet moment. I'll I'll remember it forever. Okay. So if you're listening right now, whether you are going through something major medical, it could be cancer, are uh, you're a family member? I, I want to give you a some, something to really think about. Okay, this moment in your life is the most important moment. Like when it gets down to the emotional brass tacks, like the hair's coming off. It's that kind of day. Yeah. Okay, that day you are going to develop what you believe about pain and what you believe about God during pain. And I'm going to tell you this. On that day, a lot of people take it to a bar. They take it to a bottle. They veg out on those days. But here's the decision. Because Listen to me. Everybody has their own doctrine of what they believe about pain. If you don't take that day to the altar and begin to worship, if you don't do it on that day, Satan is going to take you wherever he wants to take you. So you have to make a decision. 
that day, these days where I'm feeling the lowest, I am going to worship because I'm either going to lead myself into the presence of God or I'm going to be led away from the altar and away from the presence of God. It's a big, huge deal. That's right, and it's the case on many things in life, right? Yes. When you're faced with different things, where am I going to go right now? I ha- It's kind of a crossroads, yep. you know? What is Where am I going to go to God or am I going to go to something else? This was the source of so much peace. So much joy, yeah. so much strength. What's the scripture? He inhabits the praises. He's the, he was of his he was people. on that back porch. He was. It was yeah. undeniable. Yeah. It was. I felt like I was a spectator to something that was really holy. taking place in the holy of holies. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was amazing. But then this is something that we learned during this time is that you don't have strength. Uh, for all the days coming, but you have strength for the day. I had not really learned that lesson until this season because uh, when you start to go through something like this and they begin to tell you all the regimens and all the different cocktails, uh, they would say, of chemo that they're going to give you and the time frame. And then if your counts are low, it may extend your time frame. And um, then you'll come the day after and get this shot. Well, when they're explaining all this and then you throw on surgery and recovery, it becomes so overwhelming. It can be paralyzing. And so uh, the scripture, I think it's found in the Sermon of the Mount, on the Mount uh, in Matthew, and it's talking about he gives you enough grace for the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I remember, I think I think we were in our room, and you grabbed my hands, and you looked at me and said, Brooke, we are only going to look at today because God has given us enough grace for today. He's given us enough strength for today, so we're not going to worry and think about all the things that are ahead We're going to live in today and know that God has given us enough for right now. Because that's what worship does, though. It helps you narrow your focus to the who God is right now in my life. Yes. And so you're not looking like, can I make it through this week? Can I make it through this month? Can I make it through 12 treatments? No, no, no. Today. And looking at today didn't change the fact that I had all that to do. It just magnified something in my mind and in my heart bigger than what I was doing. I'm focusing on God and his vastness and his goodness and not thinking about what's ahead. Yep. All right, three stories. I mean, we could think of a dozen stories of worship in the Bible. There's like two that I wanted to put in here, but we'd be talking for hours, okay? (laughs) (laughs) So, all right, if you're taking notes or you've got your phone out and you're you're trying to take some notes, listen, we're going to talk about Jehoshaphat, we're going to talk about David, and we're going to talk about a leper who approached Jesus. Yeah. Those three things. And so, first, because I know you have given this a lot of thoughts out of 2 Chronicles chapter 20, Talk about Jehoshaphat and worship. Well, you know, your mom was the one that woke up one morning, and the Lord had just reminded her of the story of Jehoshaphat. It's in Second Chronicles chapter twenty, and you know, Jehoshaphat was seeking um, God's direction because all of these uh, Moabites and Ammonites and all the otherites they were coming against Jehoshaphat for a battle. <laughs> and I love that scripture tells us that the first thing it says when he is told that they're all coming for him, he was afraid. It showed his humanity, and I love that, that it lit us in and said, you know what? Jehoshaphat was afraid. And what did he do in his fear? He set his face to seek the Lord. 
Yeah. And I love that. And then he assembles Judah, and they all begin to seek the Lord. And they cry out in verse 12. It says, Oh, our God, will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against this great horde that's coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes. Oh, oh that's so good. Our eyes are on you. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on our you. Our eyes oh. are on you. It's so yes. good. It's so important. I mean, we could stop there. It said all of Judah is standing before the Lord, and then he uses this Levite. He speaks. The Holy Spirit speaks through the Levite, and he says, Do not be afraid, and do not be dismayed, for the battle is not yours, but God's. You will not need to fight in this battle. Stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, and the Lord will be with you. Mm. I love this in verse 20, 21 and 22. It says, when he had consulted the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord. Here's the battle. Now let's talk about the singers. And who should praise the beauty of his holiness as they went out before the army? And they were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. What a spiritual way to look about at a battle <laughs> yeah. that is so foreign to the human being. Oh. Like if I'm going to the battle, you know, I'm thinking, okay, who can shoot? Yeah. You know, who's good with the sword? Yeah. Who's fast? Who's big? And God's like, who are the worshipers? Oh. And we were talking about this yesterday. So many times in the kingdom of God, it just doesn't make sense in our world. He uses things that are foreign to us. All right, there is something that, that you said, go and I will be with you. And I think that's enough to, to move. Like sometimes fear can become paralyzing yeah. or how you feel are, is paralyzing. You worship and God goes, I'm going to be with you. Yeah. yeah, and he dispels all fear. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. So good. Anything else on Jehoshaphat? So these singers are before them, and I guess you can gather that they won the, won the yeah. battle. And, you know, we took this story to heart during the season. And uh, I, I began to, I had a, a big treatment on one week, and the second week it would be a little less of a chemo every other week. Um, and so on the big treatment weeks, uh, I had had free access. That, uh, you and Pastor Brandon allowed me to go and sing on Sundays yep. and worship. And so I would come before every big treatment and pour out my heart to the Lord. And you know what? I think it's so important on Sundays when we gather together in church that we come and we do this. We pour our hearts out to the Lord because you know what? You never know what your week is going to look like. That's right. Because, see, we did have one advantage of we could put some things on the calendar. Right. But there's going to be things that happen in your life that's not on the calendar. You yeah. don't see it coming. So but the importance of you being faithful to your church and being in the presence of God is because you're going to get blindsided sooner or later in life. Right. And you're either going to get blindsided uh, by after being full of worship or being empty. Yeah. And so I'm going, I'm going to worship. I don't know what's on the calendar. So worship on the front end. And so we left you an open mic. You know, they've, yeah. they've never left me an open mic. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> There's your sign. Is that what they say? There's, There's your sign. sign. <laughs> <laughs> there was one time they didn't turn my mic off, and y'all started singing, and I started singing it. <laughs> they figured it out real fast. Yeah, the glory departed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'll tell you the second one. This one's out of 1 Samuel chapter 30. And uh, this this was happening when David was, like, fleeing Saul. We were having all of these uh, problems with Saul chasing him and his a little bit of his madness. But so David was wanting to fight with the Philistines, with them, like, uh, to fight some of the neighboring areas. And then the Philistines were like, no. Uh, he was he had become too popular, so he went out to do that with his men that that were traveling with him. And then when they came back to this place called Ziklag, this first first Samuel thirty, um, while they were gone, the Amalekites came and kidnapped everyone's wife and kids, their wives and kids, and so these these guys are gone. And so when that happened, the the Bible says that the hearts of David's men were bitter. And they started talking about stoning him to death. Wow. So this was like, so there's a lot of emotions going on. Yeah. There is grief. There's panic. They don't know if their kids are dead or they're, or are they alive? Are we going to be able to find them? Then it, you're going through the, all of these stages, really, of grief. Then it turns to anger. This is David's fault. We're following the wrong guy. Right. Let's kill this dude. And David goes, he had a decision to make. I can either address this in the flesh or I can get before God first. And so this is what he said, bring me the ephod. This is really important. The ephod was that priestly garment. He was like, I got to get dressed for this moment. Wow. I've got to hear from God. I got to have an anointing on my life. I don't know if he'd even known to put it that way. Bring me the ephod. And he, he's like, I can't react. In the, it's time for me to get spiritual. And a lot of times we use that word in a negative way, but I'm going to tell you, there's times in your life where you have got to get spiritual. You have got to get close to God in your life. And so this is my question here that we learned from Ziklag. Are you wearing the clothes you need to wear? <laughs> I mean, are you putting on those clothes? I think you get up in the morning and you go, okay, there's anger around me. There's grief around me. There's, like, there's some panic around me. I got to get dressed. Because you can't have a soul that is that is naked. You know, your soul has got to get dressed for the battle. I want to read a scripture. It's out of Second uh, Samuel. Let me see if I can find it. Second Samuel chapter twelve. And I'm gonna I'm gonna read verse twenty. And this is in the good news. David kept this perspective for the rest of his life. And there was a time David sinned, and then he had a son that passed away. And after that, I mean, this is a, he's grieving. People are scared uh, that he's going to lean into some suicidal tendencies, really. But this is what it said when he got the news. David got up from the floor, took a bath, combed his hair, changed his clothes. Then he went and worshiped the Lord in the Lord's house. Wow. I'm going to tell you, sometimes the most powerful thing that you can do is go, I'm going to get ready be in the house of God, and I'm going to worship God from the bottom of my heart. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. You know, um, last thing on this. Uh, in my life, we've had the chance to travel to different nations and speak. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes uh, my humor doesn't translate to other countries. <laughs> oh, wow. I've never... <laughs> <laughs> Brooke, Brooke says, sometimes it doesn't translate to 12 and 13-year-olds in the house. <laughs> it doesn't translate. At home either. I was uh, I was speaking at this one service, and uh, we had a translator. 
and I was telling this joke, and I said it, and the interpreter looked at me, and he went, I can't say that. And I said, say it. And he goes, no, it will offend everyone. <laughs> and you said you should have said. Thank you. You should have said thank you. I thank God for you. That's they, what you. <laughs> they missed it. I would have set that country free. Oh but uh, <laughs> So there are so many things about our lives that don't translate to other people's lives. It could be your money. It could be your possessions. It could be your education. It doesn't translate. But the thing that translates all over the world is the pain you are going through. Wow. It doesn't matter if you're in uh, if you are in Russia or Southeast Asia. You could be in the jungles of Peru, or you can be in Manhattan, or, or you can be in town in Arkansas. You can be in Little Rock, Arkansas. Yeah. When you start talking about pain and how you're dealing with it and walking through it, everybody goes, "I'm with you. Yeah, I can pace with you. I can walk with you." All right, last thing, we'll get out of here. There's this guy in Matthew chapter 8. You can you can take your Bibles and flip over there. It's the leper. And this one is a little bit, uh, it's, it's emotional because I, I felt like during this time, we're, we, we kind of are like lepers. And so whether you're going through cancer or we went through COVID and felt like lepers, you know, <laughs> you sort of feel like, I'm an outcast. There is some seclusion when you're going through pain. Absolutely. There's some things that you've got that you're having to do and walk alone. Let me read this story to you. It's uh, Matthew chapter 8. I'll just read like verses 1 through 3. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, see that you don't tell anyone. I have no idea why Jesus would say things like that, but I mean, it's just, but go show yourself to the priests and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. When Mark records this very story, he says he came, he knelt, and he worshiped. It, I think it's just a, it's a beautiful story. Now, leprosy, one guy was writing about leprosy, and he said it was Satan's masterpiece because it's, it destroyed you physically and it destroyed your soul because yeah. it destroyed you relationally. You were an outcast. And, and all the way into the, all, from the times of Jesus and before to like the 1940s and 50s, this is the way it was. There was leper colonies. I grew up in the last, uh, not in it. <laughs> I grew up in Louisiana. <laughs> I grew up in the last leper colony. Sure you did. Yes. <laughs> You've been to you. my hometown. And it's not too far from it. <laughs> I grew up in Louisiana who had like the last leper colony wow. left in the United States, you know. And uh, then, you know, we, we figured out a cure in the 1940s and 1950s. And, uh, uh, but it's a wasting disease yeah. and it's incredibly painful. And then people usually, if, if they live a long time with it, like this leper did, it's about 20 years. And then usually it's an injury or something wow. that happens and they pass away. But get this picture of a man who has been outcast for 10 to 20 years mm -hmm. and then relationally nobody can touch you you're unclean so his kids can't put it, their arms around him it's if he was married his wife he's going through what he is going through without any physical affection in his life 
and he goes, so I want you to get this motion. He goes and kneels before Jesus. How much pain was that? With all of the nerve endings, you think about this worship cost him something. That's so different than my like my day daily routine routine. I'm like I'll sing song. I'm not in pain. I come to church. I'm not in pain. You know, uh, people get frustrated driving to church in the rain. Like, oh my gosh, it's raining. <laughs> this dude, excruciating pain. He kneels before God, and something is so beautiful about worshiping God when it hurts. Yeah. You know, you've went through that. Like we would get done with chemo, and you'd be on the no energy left and let's sing let's yeah. put on worship it's the only thing that could get us there some days i <laughs> you would you'd wake me up and say okay it's time for chemo and i'd shake my head i'm not going today <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> i tend to go along with your plans and your you know your ideas all, but I, I just didn't like that one and you're rebellious but, uh, we you'd put on worship and you know getting in god's presence it it dis- and it really did dispel fear so it really, it may not be an illness for you. It may be a situation in your life that you you have incredible fear about. If you will get in his presence mm-hmm. and worship, he dispels. It dispels fear, and it just gives you, it magnifies. It just magnifies him. He didn't have his theology figured out. He worshiped him and said, if you're <laughs> willing. Like, I don't know if you want to do anything good to me. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I hope I know he's worshiping like he's God, and Jesus is like, of course I'm willing. And then Jesus does something illegal. He touches him. Yeah, he wasn't supposed to touch him. He, this dude's unclean. Two things happen because Jesus could have spoke to him and he'd have been healed. He could have said, "Be healed." He's done it before, right? Mm. He could have just got some mud through it. He could have healed him anyway. But this man hadn't been touched in ten, twenty years. Because simultaneously, Jesus was healing his soul and his body, his emotions. I know. What a precious moment. That's what we're going to pray for you right now. As you worship, you're going to experience some strength and some healing in your soul and your body. Would you pray for us, babe? Father, we just love you, and we uh, thank you that as we draw close to you, you draw close to us. Father, I pray over every person under the sound of my voice today that you would just cause a fire to well up within them to draw close to you in the avenue of worship. Father, we pray that we would press in and look to you. No matter what season we're in, whatever position we're in, that we would press into you Because it's there that we receive everything we need. You are such a good and gracious Father. You're so faithful to meet us right where we are. And Lord, I thank you that you've given us worship as a way to be in relationship and fellowship and closeness with you and also as a way to war through the seasons in our life that are challenging and difficult. God, teach us to worship. Give us hearts that want to worship and want to be close to you. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now go worship. This is the last thing I'm going to tell you, and we'll get out of here. You lean into worship because before you got a diagnosis from a doctor, God put a song in a musician's heart 
in a songwriter's heart that would minister to you in your sickness. So good. Amen. Go worship. We are so thankful you tuned in for today's episode. That's right. I felt like I nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully you really really learned something um, that's going to help you. And we just want to say thank you for being here with us. And we can't wait to share another chapter with you next time. Don't forget to like and subscribe to follow what's going on on this journey and share it with people that you know that need it. And also know that... This is just a supplement. This is not your relationship with Christ. Get involved in your local church. Find some people that can surround you because you need to be in a local church in the season you're in right now. That's right. Until next time, bye-bye.